Well, hey, everybody. This is Unfinished People. I'm Chad, and I'm with Brandon again, and this is episode 16. It's going to be our last for the year. We're going to take a little... Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to take a Christmas break. Um, give us some time to get uh, our thoughts and time with our family. But we will for sure see you guys after the first of the year. But today we're talking about, it's probably a really good one to finish on because it's probably why we started the whole thing in the first place. It's just because we're friends. And I think we both value the friendship that God is developing in us. But um, Mm -hmm. we wanted to pair it with loneliness. So this is loneliness and friendship. Um, Yeah, it it seems to be a good, uh, kind of an easy one for us to go to. what are some of your initial thoughts, Brandon, just as you think about, and you could phrase it with our own friendship, but also just the idea yeah. of where people are right now. Yeah, it, it was, uh, I mean, for me, it, it's just fascinating because like one of the things I nerd out on is I love to study like just personality types and just discovering how certain personality types approach friendships differently than others, yeah. but yet the underlying need for them are all the same. And so it, it's just like realizing that my close circle of friends is oftentimes smaller than, let's just say, someone who's like, you know, I know this person, this person, this person. And, and, and just realizing even in the move, when we moved from Winona to Austin, it was just like, I think a real realization for me that is like, oh my goodness, I'm lonely. <laughs> like mm-hmm. always felt really stupid for me to say, but it's like, I didn't realize that like, we just had like such a joy and a uniqueness in our former workplace where we were all friends at some level prior yes. being coworkers. And then, so it, it was like a real unique reality. So when I moved down here, it was like, now there's this dynamic of actual boss employee instead of like friends that we also work together mm-hmm. construct. So it was, it took me a little bit and just realizing that and, and, and so it really made me appreciate our friendship and just yeah. then going, man, I miss this and I miss this and just digging into it. And I think for me, like in that realization of the move, experiencing loneliness, looking at COVID, looking at all those things, and then looking at our world, it's like, gosh, man, like we don't really talk a lot about this like yeah. we don't really like get too deep into the concept of loneliness and why it's there and then all of the facades that we try to go through to cover up loneliness and like is friendship and and loneliness biblical like are these things written in there what does god have to say how is it connected are they what to in who there? we're created to be did you say written I, I don't know written you did written, written. did i, I Oh, I thought you were pulling a Minnesota, Wisconsin root. No. For all you Texas listeners, they say root up here instead of root, which I'm from Tennessee, so we say root. But yeah, yeah, they are rooted and and rooted and rooted in the scripture. Wow. (laughs) There are there. A root from a friend is bearable. It is. It is. A, it take it will take root in your soul. I so we also with unfinished people with this podcast. I think there was a little secret motive. It was a way for us to, yeah, build our friendship. Um, because it's hard to find time. Yeah, for me to be made fun of. Yeah, it's true. Just need it. True. 
that I, I need more opportunities. <laughs> but it does like, it, isn't it difficult though? Even though we like, we would say we're best friends, really close, and it's also really hard to find time, like quality mm-hmm. time, where one or the other, like where we both actually have the time to focus. Usually it's the opposite. Like if, if I'm needing to chat with you, something's happening and vice versa, you finally are ready and you've got time and you need to talk. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) I can't. Um, But so this has been like a sweet thing. That's like, well, I know we're going to film and I know we are going to record. And so we'll get a long talk and it's actually, it's done a ton for my soul just to, to be able to talk. Um, you know, the, I, I was looking at some, cause loneliness is huge right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not just personally either. It is for me personally. I think you've just said it is for you as well. Um, but I, you know, like surgeon general, like he's usually it's like smoking drugs, whatever, all the different things. And this year, the, the thing that the surgeon general said, the government is focused on is loneliness that loneliness is as deadly as smoking. I was like, huh, how about that? So we're all going to (laughs) die of loneliness unless we do something about it. But also just the, the stuff that's happened, um, with social media, um, with isolation. I was thinking about this as well. And I wrote a question, how much, I'll just ask you how much of our cultural setting, um, and the desire to be individuals and have our own thing. Like, don't you think that's also like, I want to be my own person. I want to have my own thing. I want to have my own voice. Like that kind of that very Western American yeah. thing. Don't you think that's, it runs counter to true friendship? Oh yeah. hundred percent. It is. It, it's like when we look at, uh, I always go back to like the garden of Eden and even the relationship between Adam and Eve was fractured. Mm-hmm. And like, and so there was this, this fracture of knowing, like in vulnerability. And, and so it's like they covered it up. And so I think a lot of times this pursuit of self-discovery, identity, and all these kind of things is like, it's just our ways of putting on fig leaves. But yet yeah. the real remedy for loneliness is vulnerability and transparency, right? Like, like mm-hmm. this is me. But human nature is we're just constantly trying to put up a facade because we're shamed or we're not like we live in this world of shame or we're not, you know, pleased with ourselves or we think we need to be this and we got to prove something to someone. And it's just, yeah, all of that stuff creates these, these like false fronts all around us. And I think that's where like social media has actually like accelerated that it it, like Mm -hmm. put gas on a fire because we can pretend very well extraordinarily well now on the internet and, yeah. and just kind of get away with it and also then have these false friendships you right. know they're, they're like they're just a, a plethora yes i said plethora of acquaintances nice. but not really a deep meaningful relationship yeah like not say yeah. that some can't be but it's like i have 500 friends and then let me just drop out this statement out here and just do this thing out here and i'm this and that and now i'm gonna post these TikToks and other mm-hmm. things that just show my best part of me today. You know, right. it's just like, oh, man, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, horrible. That, that is a, I was just about to say like, there's anything else but calling that friends 
on whether it's Facebook or whatever. And then we also have now our he unfriended me. <laughs> it's like a new dude. It's a new verb uh, that has been created, which really just means I clicked a button and I don't want to see your stuff anymore and you bother me. <laughs> dude, so you by you just saying that actually reminded me of an illustration I used in a sermon not so long ago about um, Burger King and their unfriending campaign. Really? It's like, I'm, I'm going to try to pull this up. Yeah, true story. So in 2008 and nine. Burger King did this social media campaign called the Whopper Sacrifice. <laughs> and it, the gist was, if you unfriend 10 people on Facebook, you will get a coupon for a free Whopper. And Why? for every person you unfriended, Burger King would send a message to that friend that you, you were that your former friend chose a Whopper over you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's, essentially, it's like saying a Whopper, you're only worth a tenth of a Whopper. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, yeah. And so over 235,000 people were unfriended and Facebook finally put an end to it. Isn't that because crazy? we can't have that. We need our fake friendships. We need our the connection of those people. It was hilarious. <laughs> like people to this day still were like, I was, as I was reading it, they still remember when that happened and they haven't, like some people said, we haven't talked to that person since. They whoppered, they <laughs> like, whoppered me. They whoppered me. Yeah, they whoppered me. The whopper sacrifice. <laughs> And I, well, obviously the, the, all the crap, COVID crap made it worse too. Social media way to work, made it worse. COVID made it worse. Where I'm actually uh, intrigued is thinking about it. I, I wrote this loneliness is an ever present friend. <laughs> it's always like, I'll be with you, <laughs> but I won't ever go anywhere. I will always mm -hmm. be your friend. Loneliness is the ever present friend. And I, I'll just say this, like it's, and you, you wonder how the effects of the fall or things like just sin or just the fact that we're, we struggle, but it, it's, it's incredible and pervasive loneliness. Yes. And, and it yep. will, you can actually be with a room with people, you know, are your friends and be lonely. Yep. And that's yep. unbelievable to me. Or, or yep. just in a moment, like, and you know, where, and I don't know how the enemy does this or how it works or, you know, don't want to like go around blaming Satan for everything, but cause I'm, I'm sure I contribute a ton to it, but I would say that like, it's, it's like, hello, you're there you are. And I, even though I know that I know it's true, but man, I sure feel lonely. I sure feel lonely. Is, and Isn't that a Simon and Garfunkel song? Hello, darkness, my old, my old friends. friends. Something like that. With you again, yeah. <laughs> yes. I just immediately for a reason why it's it's like popping in my head is because I remember it being in Trolls, mm -hmm. and and my youngest is like totally on a Trolls kick right now. Yeah, and just a hello little part of the song. Hello, it, darkness, my totally old friend. Yeah. Yes, there it is. Yeah, I've hello. come to meet with. I've come to meet with you again. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this question, like, dude, like, I had an upset stomach the other day, and I said, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." <laughs> <laughs> but is it, it was, really old friend, or no, is it like, "Hello there a, again"? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. No, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. What was your question? Like, what triggers you to kind of like move into that sense of loneliness? 
Like, what, well, what are that, some of the things that yeah. happened around your mm-hmm. life that, like, even though it might be there, but like, what are some things that also like is a trigger? Like, you just kind of funk, mm-hmm. slip into it a little bit deeper. Some things probably might just be as simple as being tired um, or just overwhelmed at what your what your responsibilities are with work or something or self um, imposed. Uh, deadlines on things, whether you're like, you know, with with me, Mm. like with writing or something like that, where then you don't do as well as you'd hope, or you're, you know, you you just find yourself picking up the ugly stick to hit yourself a little bit. Um, Mm. and, and to say, you know, what's wrong with you. And so then the very thing that can help you, which is, authenticity with somebody you know loves you you know will speak truth to you just as strong is that desire to say i want to be by myself like and so it's weird you can be at, you can be so lonely and then whether it's flesh or some spiritual battle or something this desire to escape to mm-hmm. isolate uh to throw your own little pity party and just to you know even when people are trying to help you um, you're like, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Like, I just, I, let me be this way. Let me be like, I'm lonely and yeah. I need friends. And they're like, I want to be your friend. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to. And so it's just, that's why, I mean, as I started thinking about this topic in my own experience of it, it's a very deceptive thing um, that yeah. isn't easily answered also in the church. That was the yeah. other part I was going. It's not it's yesterday somebody was talking to me and they're like, I'd really like to get connected, really like to find community. And I said, we have some possibilities, but I cannot guarantee that you will just because we're a church. It doesn't always work. And sometimes you get into these groups or meet with people and you're like, I don't, these people don't understand me and this is so difficult. So then it starts the cycle over again. Well, I guess I'll just go be by myself again. Yeah. So that's a long wandering answer <laughs> what do you think the I, I think when loneliness becomes pervasive in my life it's because i i embody a little bit of what martha embodied in luke 10 where okay. y- you know it's it's like i'm getting worried and i'm sad about many things and 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 none of it tip really matters in that moment mm-hmm. or whatever is most needed okay. and and i remember studying up on that word like the worried and upset and that and the, the picture that's painted there is you're torn into many pieces and, and you're like, you're pulled in multiple directions. And, and for my brain, when I get into that area, like what happens is I start to feel like I'm failing in so many different camps. Like I'm mm-hmm. dropping the ball here. I'm not this here. And, and then all of a sudden like my insecurity flares up and then I start to like just feel this sense of like, no, if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. So then I just kind of put up this false front mm-hmm. and try to protect that. And so when I don't let people in, that's when I start to really feel that, that deep sense of loneliness, but it's always like driven by, I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm trying to do this. It's not working out. So therefore I yeah. suck and I'm going to keep people away. So now you're going to get this false persona of really who I am. You might get a whisper or a glimpse of it, but you're not going to get the real thing because mm-hmm. I really just don't want you to see. So here's my fig leaf. 
You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I love that you connect it right back to the moment when probably loneliness was a consequence. And, and would we say that? Would we say loneliness is a consequence? Because they, they weren't lonely before the fall, were they? I, I mean, Adam I, was not, he, there was something going on with Adam where he wasn't, like God was doing this little game of like bringing him an elephant and a giraffe and like, hey, you want a friend? What, this, what about this one? How about this one? He's like, no, no, that one's no. <laughs> and so there's something yeah. happening, but yeah, I don't know. Like is... Loneliness seems to be a little more of a a dark side thing than it does a yeah complete yeah, me the, you complete me <laughs> you complete yeah you complete well, me the, Eve <laughs> <laughs> you had me I'm I'm at, like totally now picturing like Austin Powers <laughs> you had me at rib God you had me at rib. oh goodness oh goodness <laughs> oh goodness well yeah I mean well anyway. Like the, so the Hebrew word for the friendship is really profound. And I think it answers that question. It, it's the word soad, which is secret. Okay. So friendship is like the idea was like secret in a sense of like the secret places of your heart. Like mm. deep friendship like knows the secret parts of who you are. And so I go, yeah, the fall like there probably had to be some sense of like loneliness or like, I don't know if I would go like in the dark sense of how we think about loneliness now when Adam didn't have Eve in the yeah. garden, but like when the sin came in the fracture of all relationships happened, like yeah. that, I think the fig leaf is, is a, a, a revelation of like separation between people and God. You yes. know, it's like we're we're keeping you away from the secret parts of my heart because now I don't feel like I can. I don't yeah. trust you, nor do do I really like what's there. And, and so, like that for me is always the difference. Like when I can feel the sun rising in my life coming out of loneliness mm -hmm. is when I've chosen to to open up those dark, deep places of my heart that I keep mm -hmm. kind of hidden. But I also realize that I can't do that to everybody, right? Like yeah. it's. That's just not realistic. So it, it is. I, I would say loneliness is definitely an effect of the fall, without yeah. a doubt. And you think, uh, I think also God's question, the where are you question, which, you know, it's it's so easy to refer to that question so often as, a, as those who teach, you know, from the scriptures and think because it, it, it's really the hinge of everything, of God asking them pretty much like, not where are you physically, but what has happened? Like where, where's your heart? Where's your soul? <laughs> like what's going on? Mm -hmm. And I, I think they probably didn't have a lot of words other than to like this, this mess where they started, you know, blaming and all those things. But I, yeah, cause they weren't, I mean, and some of the consequences of the curse were for sure some contention in, in yeah. relationships and in, that spilled over into their boys. Oh you yeah. Cain yeah. and Abel, like whatever was happening there eventually ended in bloodshed. And the reason I, I which is kind I'm of a asking, sad picture, right? Like brothers. Yeah. You, you know, like in a perfect world, you would imagine like supposed to be being tight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the way we experience that now, just like one of the things I was, the reason I asked the, as far as like the fall part is, because you could say like here are practical things like what do we do 
you know, just, you need to just be with this person, like go get a good friend. And if you talk and I love Tim Keller's definition of friendship, he said, friendship is when you share something and somebody else goes, Hey, me too. And you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. And, Cause then he said, and then you look at Jesus on the cross and what he's going through for us. And Jesus is the ultimate person who is saying, I get it. I'm taking it. I, me too. I understand what is happening to you. And so I, I love framing it in biblical ways because I, you know, not only does it address the, the fact that there's probably something related to sin and the darkness and evil of the world that causes this, because I don't think we're going to be lonely when in new creation, it's, it's, no. it's going to be fixed. Um, but why is it so hard in the church to find true friendships. I think inadvertently and sometimes directly the church preaches a message that flips flips it around where it's obedience first and then relationship. Where actually I, yeah. I see in scripture the opposite where it's relationship leads to obedience. Um and so like that's the obedience to relationship is the legalistic concept of like you gotta obey in order to get where I'm mm -hmm. like, that's not what we see in scripture. So I think sometimes there's that, but it, it's not also the preaching there. I think that's just a stereotypical human thought of how we re yeah. um, relate to God. You know, that that's not true. So it's, it's there, at, but Christians can be really silly mm -hmm. <laughs> in how they treat people. Like, like some of the deepest hurts I've ever encountered outside of like abuse in relationships, a lot of deep hurt happens within the church Yeah, where it's like, this should be a family that's united spiritually, but yet we can significantly wound each other within yep. the church, you know? And it's just like, man, out of religious preference more mm -hmm. than anything. Right. I also believe we, we try to like throw labels on things. I mean, as simple as you know, even in churches, the way they used to be designed, they would create a fellowship hall. Like, like this is where you will experience fellowship or community groups, get in a group and you will experience community. None of those things are true. None of those yeah. things are true. And honestly, the conversations that usually happen on Sunday mornings between people, how are you doing? Mm, good. You know, there's not, you're not really going there. And, and I would say if there are friendships that are there, they're more just, um, kind of a affinity things like of just, Oh, we do the same things and this is kind of cool. But, um, there's a deeper level of friendship that for me has been formed in the crucible of crisis and difficulty. Yeah, for sure. Like, and, and I don't know, like, and I know you're not saying this, but it's, it's like, we don't downplay the significance of like fellowship time in their church or encouraging people to move into small groups for community because those can be open doors for it and definitely and, you know acquaintances are important to have but i think when it's a, like we just like if i, I was hearing you right and I, and I totally agree with this like that's not the silver bullet it's not like hey now i just did this so therefore it's boom yeah i got it all yeah. it's like no takes a that lot was the time. fine print that was the fine print everybody if you yeah. didn't know that was the fine print and, and so like i actually <laughs> like one of the things that have blessed me significantly here in austin to help me 
through the loneliness season was besides the connection with you all up north was actually engaging in a small group of guys that I've seen, like I've heard them be with each other through thick and thin that made me lower my guard to go, okay, I can trust and enter into Mm -hmm. that. And so that was good. But at the end of the day, I I think go with the Hebrew concept of that word, like secret, like there's only so many people that like our heart can connect at that level. And it's the, it is, it's the ones who are with you thick and thin are almost like for me, the, the where friendships have gotten deeper and deeper and deeper are where I've battled myself in a sense of if I share this, they will think this and like getting over that fear and then actually sharing it and discovering that's not what they think. <laughs> right. It's like, right. And then I'm like, Oh, and how healing that is. Um, but there's only a handful of people that like, I feel safe in doing that with, and those are yeah. the people I go, they're my best friends. And there's nothing right or wrong with that. I think that's, that's right. And in, in yeah. part of who we are in this world, but there's, there's been beautiful moments where I see like when the church does get it right from a communal aspect of what it can show. And also seeing it where it can be like, not a good thing. Yeah. You know, like um, I just keep thinking about the elder and his wife you know, who's it's a crazy story, like miraculous now with his journey of cancer and how the church come around and how that's infused a lot of different mm-hmm. relationships and allowed other relationships that are connected to him to go deeper and open, more vulnerable. And it's just been really sweet to see what that could be like. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's so often when people, we, sometimes we were like, you, if you just get into a community group, you'll be good. And you're like, well, I hope the community group does more than just ask questions on the sheet of a Bible study and actually right. engages with life. You know, like, Yeah, no, and yeah. I appreciate what you said there because it is, you still take the risk. You still like, but for me, what I would say is be the one person in the group that actually goes there. And it's like, all yeah. right, this may not be, and they may not like it, and I may feel really uncomfortable because there's, if I was going to give like, how do you pursue friendships? It's to be the person who's there anyway. And then yeah. when somebody asks you, you say, oh, well, it's been a pretty tough week. And yeah. usually that throws somebody off because it's supposed to be a lobby conversation or a cafe, you know, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Or in the small group, you don't just do the normal thing and give the quick, you, you actually open your heart. You be, you are vulnerable. It, it's more that it's rare because people don't know what to do with it. That's why I would say the church is in a great place. And so it's rare when those friendships actually form out of those things, but we need more of it. We need more people to actually try and not stay at a shallow religious level. Yeah. And it it takes people to, to truly live in the grace of God where it's Mm -hmm. like, I, I have nothing to lose. Um, You know, like I'm going to tear down the wall of self-preservation and, and not worry if they judge me or think about this, right? And so it's like when you have people who are like that, who are secure and confident in who they are in Jesus, like that opens up multiple avenues and doors for people right. to move into vulnerability. But it's like when we continue to live with the fig leaves up front, out front, mm-hmm. like it's just going to always kind of stay at the shallow surfacey level. Yeah. And so it it the it's like the community needs 
both and a safe yeah. place for people to feel that, but also people who are willing to go into that. And, um, and I think that's one of the things I like, I appreciate about our relationship is, is we were not going to hide some of that. Like, it's just like, no, we've <laughs> been with each other for so long that we, we already know, or we almost can like sniff out like, ah, you're, <laughs> you're faking this. But I remember I this- like, I know okay. you're probably going to go somewhere. Like, <laughs> I'm just not going to let you. Like when we were in funny. Italy. Yeah. You have a funny. I like that. When we were yeah. in Italy, like I was going through like some serious panic stuff on mm-hmm. my sabbatical on our sabbaticals. Like, and, and I was wrestling with significant shame and it just got so overwhelming that it took so much courage for me just to even share it with mm-hmm. you. And when I shared it with you, you kind of looked at me like, oh, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, that that's killing you right now? And I'm like, yes, it just got so large in my head and it just like blew away out of proportion. (laughs) And and that and I realized if you don't have the relationships to let that out in a in a healthy reciprocal place, that will that will wreak havoc inside of you, you know, because it's, it's, it's keeping darkness in, you know, not exposing yeah. it to the light and. Yeah. Left to our own, I, 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 a couple of verses that, um, you know, there's the one, the, the famous one, you know, a friend loves at all times. Um, and a brother is born for adversity. I like the CSB a little better on that one. The brother is born for a difficult time. Um, mm-hmm. and, to me, like uh, what I love about it is there's, it's almost like God is saying the difficult time is going to come and you cannot survive this by yourself. You cannot do this yeah. by yourself. You need to tell other people um, and that God will actually use our loneliness. Psalm 62, my soul wait silently for God alone for my expectation is from him. You know, that he uses it to actually draw us out. Like, yeah. so in a weird way, the, the way he uses a lot of things, but the the very thing that we would say, I don't like this, he's using to move us to share with others. Um, and I don't know if you've experienced this also with strangers, um, and specifically maybe strangers that are <coughs> seeking um, when it comes to their faith and not quite sure. To me, like... I have always responded well, and so I've tried to model this when I am vulnerable and not present myself as somebody who's got it all together. Um, in other words, to share with somebody like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm experienced loneliness this week or depression, or it's really struggling. Like then people, it actually like in a weird way is a help for somebody else who's experiencing those things too, because it's that me too thing. Me too. Really? You as well? No, not you. We were just talking before we started recording how people have commented about the podcast that they're like, finally, we get to know you guys. And we're like, hey, we're trying to (laughs) let you know us when we preach. But we talked about how the very nature of the fact that it's a sermon and it's church and everybody's sitting there, it's not the best scenario for getting to know somebody. There's some walls there. And so our vulnerability with people, even strangers can be a catalyst for them to maybe move through their own loneliness a little bit. And yeah, I, I, honestly, only, only that what I look at in 
community that we see in scripture that maybe we're a little jealous of, you know, the Acts 2 stuff that you see in there of the mm-hmm. devotion they had to each other and the way they're, and whenever you get to experience a little bit of it, um, when you see it in another church, you know, um, like I was telling you, being at Church of the City in New York and just having a little bit of like, wow, there's something going on here. And I, I tasted a little bit back at home, but what's happening? Like you, it's to draw us out. It's to say, Hey, yeah, yeah, there is something. This is this, there is true friendship and connection available in Jesus. But yeah. I think we got to work for it. Maybe would you say we got to yep. work for it? Oh, 100%. Y- you know, like I 98%, to, but 94, <laughs> six, what does it look like to work for it though? Um, I'm going to go to John 15. Okay. And kind of like, look at that. It, it's funny when you mentioned church, you see, before I go there, I always, one of my like, um, observations of if the church is moving in a healthy direction is the linger time after the service Yep. or even before, or, you know, if people are lingering and it's hard to get them to move out or like, yeah. they're just sitting there for a long time. You're like, that's a beautiful sign that the Lord yeah, is something's doing something happening. sweet, you know, um, and just brag, you know, like it's just so thankful for the Lord right now because that I mean we're seeing that happen at Austin Oaks and it's just been real mm-hmm. cool to see that. Like people are just lingering for a long, long time. But anyway, That's like awesome. like I, I look at John 15 in the whole sense of like, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, all this kind of stuff. Like the phrase, like, hey, remain in me and you'll produce fruits and you'll produce fruit that lasts, all that kind of stuff. And and for years. I always used to feel the responsibility was on me to produce mm-hmm. the fruit, you know, like, Oh man, if I don't, he's going to cut me off of the tree and throw me in the fire. Crap. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Crap. Okay. I better get my crap together. How many times can I throw the word crap in there? But it's like, I, and it just hit me like when I was just thinking about it, it's like, all I'm asking, all I'm being asked to do is to, in the abide remain. I love the way I think it was um, Eugene Peterson. Who, who said it this way, like, make your home in my love. Mm. Like, it was like, that's the invitation. Like, so the work for relationship, I'm like, first and foremost, like, I, like, it, do I do this with the Lord? Like, you know, mm. am I remaining in his love? Like, man, making my home in his love and then understanding his intention for me, like, which is what I absolutely, improv- like, astonished by 15 9 of john is the father has loved me i've loved you mm-hmm. you know it's just like do i believe that because how i believe that will actually determine how i will remain or abide in his love and i'm like that's the same thing when it comes to human relationship it's like there's an act of trust yeah. like do i trust that chad loves me do i trust that you know, he's there for me in that I can make my home in this relationship. Yeah. Get to that spot. So it's like there, the work is honestly, I would say it's like, there's, there's a daring of trust mm-hmm. that what one says is true. And I'm like, it, and I, I, for me, I feel safer doing that with people when I am doing it with Jesus. Yeah. Like, because then I'm more secure and confident in who I am. He loves me. Jesus loves me as the Father has loved him. I'm invited to remain in that love. He wants me to have his joy 
okay. And then he even flips it, right? He's like, I'm not calling you servants. I'm calling you mm-hmm. friends. You're like, yeah. oh, like that is mind boggling mm-hmm. to me. Like Jesus yeah. wants to spend time with us because he enjoys us, not because of what we can do for him. You know, so it's just like, okay. So does Chad actually just enjoy me? <laughs> like I do. I do. See, like that's the part that is probably the hardest thing for me to believe in any relationship is that someone actually enjoys being with me. Yeah. Because I really don't enjoy being with myself. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'll do, here's another secret. Here's a secret. Sometimes when people, um, I can tell they want to speak with me and they like, let's say they've connected with something that I said or feel safe. And then they want to talk with me. Um, I'm afraid that that's going to wear off halfway through the conversation. And so, <laughs> so they've come to talk to me or meet with me because they think I, the way I've talked about Jesus or something about my, you know, my approach has like felt they feel safe. This is good. I want to, ha- I want to talk to him. And then they come meet with me and I'm thinking the whole time they're going to, they're going to figure it out in a minute. They're going to figure it out in a minute. And so I need to finish this conversation as fast as possible. Get out early end it before they can end it in their head. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> I'm serious. I, it's like a fear, like this same yeah. kind of thoughts though. They won't, or, or this, I'm going to call, um, Dano or Brandon or somebody or Sammy and say, Hey, do you guys want to hang out? And they're going to say yes, but do they really mean it? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so dumb, but that's, you know, because of whatever, or if I, I Dano's going to, you know, maybe he'll do it just because I, I'm, I'm his boss. <laughs> but then the spirit says, no, they're actually friends. They will do it because they like being with you. Are you sure? You know, <laughs> you're kind of like messing with the Lord as you're in a conversation so, to try to. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, Yes. My my struggle in all of that is just being so distracted and busy that sometimes I undervalue relationship. So I'm like, ah, what this getting stuff done matters more, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's just like then I go, oh wait, when's the last time I actually said hey or how are you doing? It's like, oh right, yeah, yeah. It, it's just man, it's. I think there's also a tendency because I see this happen as well, and and I remember this feeling like let's say there's. So you, there's the foundation of the friendship, and so then there's life too. There's the business of life, and then there's missing each other in communication. <laughs> and so there's like uh, early on in friendships, like if I would text somebody, and then they wouldn't text back, you know, or it would be really a long time. Then you could like and you, and you saw on there that they read it. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and you know they're doing other things or whatever. And so to believe the best takes work. And to, but it's the mm-hmm. right thing to do. And so, and you need to believe the best about the person. Cause what I was going to say to people that maybe you, like you heard us say, be the, be the vulnerable one, be the one who actually shares. So you'll do it and then you'll get burned and nobody will respond and yep. you'll go, see, this is why. And so yep. it takes, it takes work to pursue these types of friendships. Um, I, I was just reading in second Peter, this that verse God's given us everything we need. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Sweet, that should cover loneliness. That should cover friendships. That should cover all the stuff. Um, 
And then, but the, then it gets to this part and it says, so make every effort to add to your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge, self-control, all those normal Christian words, self-control, yeah. endurance, but endurance with godliness. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know all those really nice Christian things. But then it says, and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. I about fell out of my chair when it finished with that, yeah. because here's all the super spiritual words and all the things you should be doing. And then it says, oh, by the way, brotherly affection and love is the key to all of this. Make yeah. every effort. And yes, God has given you everything, but make every effort to keep on pursuing and keep on being vulnerable and keep on telling people yeah. that you need them. And and are you going to get burned? Yes. Are you yeah. still going to, sometimes is it going to be worse? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. are they not going to want to go with you for real? Yes. Yep. But you also stumble across this golden stuff where it's like really a real friendship and and God's doing yep. something. Um, yep. Dude, it, it's like, uh, like I love that you just pulled up that verse because like I was doing a study, just like just social study, you know, like how are friendships made and preserved, mm -hmm. you know, today? And it was funny, like they – one study that like is followed years of people and their friendships, uh, they discovered that it takes about 40 to 60 hours together hmm. to turn an acquaintance into a casual friend. Wow. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of 40. time. And then it takes about 80 to 100 hours to become more than a casual friend. Mm -hmm. and, and so like, that's the thing. It's like, I think we've, we've become so accustomed in this world because of social media, right? Like, Flank, click, we're good friends, we're deep friends. It's like, no, they actually have studied this over a large period of time that an accumulation of time spent together, which is like all of the things that go into that, right? The trust, recipro yeah. reciprocity, all the things is what develops a deeper friendship. So it takes that time. But they said you can even spend all that time with someone and yet have bad intention, but you need to take the energy, the time, the courage, and the vulnerability and the mm. grace, uh, that was a word that this secular study used. You need grace and humility really, for that friendship. Yes. In order That's for that crazy. friendship to become deep. And so you're just okay. like, okay, so 80 to 100 hours of accumulated time, and it has yeah. to be intentional of humility and grace and courage. Yeah. That's that's where deep friendships happen. Yeah. It Trust it over like, time. Yeah. So when you hear make every effort, you're like... Yes. Hmm. It takes yeah. time, ups and downs, failures, just like any relationship. If, if the relationship is worth it, you're going to go for it. And I think yeah. that's where the beauty of learning how to abide in Jesus is absolutely beautiful and essential for any of this because he's not going to fail us. It's going to always going to be us. And he's always going to be there with his grace and mercy. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it allows us to grow and to trust and to, you know, become self-aware and all the pieces yeah. that matter. And I would say also the sometimes learning your identity in Jesus will come through other people. And yes. so it's a little bit of a, it's a tough thing because some, or, or, or not, <laughs> or they may be the worst representation, but I would say my experience of God's love, um, first and foremost through my wife, Absolutely through Amen. my wife. Like the most uh, clear example of his perfect love for me has come through her, you know, and 
Second from there would be, you know, just family, parents and things like that. And then friendships, but it's, it's people that have shown me what that is, but, but you then take the risk of, you know, I can't just go hide and by myself and experience Jesus. And then all my things are solved. Like, it's like, it, isn't that weird how we can't just go be with Jesus and be like off in the mountain somewhere and be okay. Right. We actually need other people for, to find this true fulfillment. So there's a, the the reason I keep saying this is because it's like, it's not a, a a clear cut path to deep friendships and there will be like, there needs to be a resilience to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay with it. Um, and I'm going to, my ex- expectations in friendships that om- there will almost always be unmet at some point. Yeah. That it will yeah. happen. And if you sit around waiting for them to happen or, or, and then they don't happen and then you're like, see, see, that's yeah. why forget everybody. I'm not doing this. I'm just, you got to be the, like, especially somebody who knows Jesus, the one who's actually saying, okay, I got to plow through this, even if it's difficult yeah. to, to be the friend. Um, yeah. You, you, as you were just saying, it, it just like, it, I went, well, the great example is this, like what happened with Adam and Eve once they sinned, right? They, mm-hmm. they hid, they hid from relationship was primarily with God and they were fearful of that. Yeah. And so God shows us the great example of pursuing the people who are hiding. And I think that like, e- even in friendships, it's like you, sometimes you have to be the one that's pursuing the person who's hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and woo them out in such a way that they can feel safe, and that wooing might take some time, but it's it's the yeah. same thing. Like that's from like, gosh, Lord, thank you for that because I, my wife has been oftentimes the one who's had to come find me hiding in the bush, for lack mm-hmm. of better words, because I'm like yeah. fearful or I did something wrong, and or I don't trust this level of vulnerability. You know, it's just like. And coming out and then trusting, like, oh my goodness, okay, you're not here to condemn me. You're actually here to walk with me, mm-hmm. you know, even though it has hurt you or this or that. And, and it's just like, it takes so much risk, yeah. you know, but like, we got to understand that in and of ourselves, our natural inclination is to hide, is to like, to, to kind of like cover up yeah. those types of things. I mean, that's, that's a tale as old as humanity, right? Mm -hmm. The other side of this is for those who maybe would say, you know, I've got, I've got some pretty good friendships. Um, and I know Jesus and then the Lord's answer to someone else's longing for friendship might just be you. Um, but it may not be the way you thought, like, uh, not that it's like this, like I've got to spend all this time with this person, but I think we need to have our heads on a swivel and our ears yeah. tuned to the Lord saying that one. And even it may just be a, a simple piece of the puzzle to fit into their heart, but so many people come to church. Loneliness is one of the things that they have. Yep. And yep. to have somebody notice them and to have a word from the Lord that is very specific to their heart and to truly be interested in them and care about them in in more ways than just hello, you know, or, or a physical thing. Like 
you know, I, I feel like that's part of the answer as well, which means yeah. also vulnerability and sacrifice and, you know, you're yep. giving, you're giving up yep. something. Yep. Jesus, Isaiah 53, he was acquainted with suffering and grief and pain. He was rejected. He was despised. He was lonely. He was lonely. Like there were mm -hmm. times when he needed companionship and friendship and he did not have it. Um, yeah. And it's so that he could say, me too. I was here. Yeah. I, I was with, I know, I understand. And so it's for sure one of those things that is not, um, I think we'll always be in that place of now, but not yet tension mm -hmm. um, until, until we are a new creation with him. Um, and so, yep. Yep. yeah, closer, closing thoughts, anything else you want to throw out there? Are I, you lonesome I, tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm the type of person who's always, for my whole life, I've always had a difficulty with friendships. And, and so it's like I'm learning it more and more as I get older. But for me, so I'm going to speak to that crowd of people. Um, yep. In, in, and I, what I found for myself is, is learning to find my security in acceptance of who I am in my identity and everything first and foremost in Christ has allowed me or given me the courage mm -hmm. and the tenacity to, to, to admit the necessity of relationships and to move into relationships. But if yeah. like, if, if I didn't experience that because I didn't, necessarily experience healthy relationships growing up that I had to have a redeeming of that. And that primarily came through my relationship with the Lord, which has opened up the door for that. So I would encourage mm -hmm. those who struggle with relationships to really just study John 15 and just mm -hmm. marvel on the fact that he loves us as much as the father loves him, but that he calls us friends and yeah. just thinking about that and what that does for our hearts. And so that that is a healing balm to move towards relationship. Yeah, love it. So that that'd be my final thoughts. Yeah, um, y'all, thanks for uh, being with us for twenty twenty three. Um, our our little venture into starting this podcast. Um, so we're this will be our last one for this year. We'll jump back in in twenty twenty four, but. Um, we also know that a lot of you heading into Christmas, this topic that we talked about today is huge. Um, yep. and so we're praying for you. We may not know your names, but we're praying for God to meet you in those places. I think Brandon's words are just so good, like to pursue your identity in the Lord. Uh, a song that has meant a ton to me recently is, um, on the house fires part three, how to start a house fire, um, part three album. And it's called the place where I belong. And uh, there's this refrain towards the end of it. Um, I've just been tearing this one up all week, but it just says, you're my hope, you're my lifeline. You're my hope, you're my lifeline. And the place where I belong is with you, Jesus. And so just encouraging song. I'll, I'll put a link to that here at the end, but um, Sweet. yeah. Thanks for joining us. This has yeah, been Unfinished yeah. People, episode 16. We'll see you in 2024.